We are Ballbusters. Your sports news podcast on Unbenched. Breaking the glass ceiling through sports. friends we're back it's episode 10 season 2 has hit double digits wow she's growing up so fast truth be told this is the second time i'm doing this intro because for the second episode in a row we were having recording issues but it's okay because this time we noticed so hopefully we don't break your eardrums the way we all just checked the mic again um it's fine we're not paranoid truly this is okay (laughs) um all right we're gonna dive right into it We've got a lighter episode on deck this week, meaning there's only one league with a sexual abuse problem that we're going to talk about. So, because it wouldn't be a week of ball busting without that type of stuff. But before we get to that, we will talk about some ugly jerseys. We'll do some award predictions. We'll laugh at the Vancouver Canucks. We'll sit in a circle. It'll be a good time. And to start off that good time, I'm going to throw it over to Dua Rizvi for some hockey talk. Alrighty, love. This is the second time I'm starting off like this, and I'm going to make this joke again. Why form healthy coping mechanisms when you can just talk in a terrible British accent? Or roll around on the floor like the guy on TV. Uh, We're going to hop into hockey really quick. So, Doug Wilson is on medical leave. The Sharks organization announced today that he will be taking a temporary leave from his day-to-day responsibilities and that assistant general manager Joe Will will handle the team's day-to-day operations it like as like an interim position until uh Doug Wilson is back important reminder to take care of your health health always comes first before everything we wish him the best well and just like hope that he makes a healthy and safe return to the team all right moving on Olympic hockey jerseys were released two to three days ago, um, depending on what country you are in. Uh, Michaela, thoughts, feelings, opinions? Um, the Canadian ones are the literally the worst thing I've ever seen ever. Uh, other than the American ones. Other than the American ones. Why don't we just do a maple leaf? Like, why are we, why are we making it fancy? Like, it looks so freaking stupid. Like, I'm... Since when is... There's no black in the Canadian flag. Why do we have a black jersey? No, like, I'm being serious, though. Like, it's so... Yeah, I feel And like- why is... Why is the red jersey? Why is the maple leaf black? <laughs> why, like, why is the maple leaf black? I don't... I literally don't understand why. When Canada's colors are red, white, and black, but no one knows why black. It's because it gets dark so early here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I understand you need three jerseys. That's why the States has some freaking off-blue color that they're using. That doesn't actually make sense. Why can't we just pick one jersey and stick with it? Yeah, I did. Why can't we just pick one jersey, one nice jersey, and stick with it? The Vancouver 2010 ones. Love them. Love those jerseys. The ones that they wear all the time with the Canada and the the black shoulders, those ones are better. These are so bad. They're they're like they took the ones from the last Olympics and then like tried to change them a little bit, but then like change them change them too much. Like I just It looks like you asked an AI robot to design a maple leaf. And like that, this is what it spat out. Yes, like that's a good analogy. That was y'all ever notice how good Casey is at what she does? Like sometimes she says, <laughs> "Sorry, quick interlude." But sometimes <laughs> Casey says stuff, and I'm like, "How do you just come up with that? Why don't you have a job at ESPN right now?" I saw, um, I think it was on Twitter. Somebody said that the Canadian, and I can't remember who, and I feel really bad because I I can't credit them. 
Somebody said that the maple leaf looks like a turkey's butt. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't, like, I'm going to try and find it somewhere. No, that's so accurate. And I don't know who it was. I apologize profusely. I do not know who it was, but I did hear that. Um, And they're not wrong. But the American ones are really freaking bad, too. Like, I I just don't understand it. Like, like just the ones that they wear at the World Juniors, so nice. Mm -hmm. So nice. Why are you, like... Why are you doing this? Like, I don't... Why do we need to all, like, have a same theme for the... Like, with, like, this last time they all had, like, those weird, like, ridges under, like, their sleeves. I mean, Finland put out some new ones. They're not amazing, but they're a hell of a lot nicer than these two. Like, who is designing your jerseys? I don't... I literally don't get it. Yeah. This whole thing that, uh, like, designs on the arms. Why? For what reason? I would just like to know simply for why. Okay. Uh, I just like, I don't understand what's going on with these jerseys, but apparently they're going to be uh, representing our country in at the Olympics, which mm, I don't even know if we're going to end up there because currently, amazing segue into the next conversation. Wow. We don't know if we're going to make it to the Olympics. Realistically, probably. But... The conversation currently is that there is 46 days till the NHL has to decide whether they want to send their players to the Olympics or not. January 10th. Exactly. Without... My birthday. Oh, yeah. It is on Casey's birthday. How dare you forget I picked it up. I picked it up. I just, like... I didn't put them together in my head. I knew your birthday was January 10th. I knew the date was January 10th. In my head, they didn't go together. But now they will. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. We're watching. We're watching the the beginning of the Leafs Sharks game right now. It is ten thirty five p.m. on Friday night. the The argument here is that a it's there's been talks of diplomatic withdrawal from the Olympics. So that is when just players go and dignitaries don't. But like. That's, like, also what Joe Biden said. And if the president of these United States of America is saying that they want to boycott the Olympics, which is different from diplomatic withdrawal, boycotting the Olympics means that none of the players go. And they have 46 days to decide that. There's 70 days until the women's competition starts, 76 before the men's. Yes. I just, like, literally don't know this. Yeah. Is it 70, like... Does the countries themselves actually have to clarify, like, decide by January 10th? Or is it just the NHL that has to decide? If the country, because I know the NHL has to decide by January 10th if they're not, like, to pull out with no penalties. But, like, if the U.S., the country, decides we're not going, when do they actually have to decide? I don't think there is a set date like that for countries because it is an entire country as a whole. They could just choose not to send their athletes to That's the Olympics. There is countries that have done that before, like, boycotted the Olympics. Um, so, there's two conversations going on right now. A, boycotting the Olympics because of the political standing that, like, Canada and the United States have with uh, China. And that's something that, like, honestly, I think is, like... I think that's above our pay grade. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. Like... As much as I want to be like, we're going to say the hard things and we're going to, you know, 
say what people don't want to say at this point i just i I think it's i also like i i kind of know what's happening and i've like tried to figure it it's just stupid i don't know know enough to offer exactly exactly Exactly. and i agree with that like all of us i feel like don't know enough to have a valuable opinion on it there is athletes who dream of going to the olympics since they were olympics since they were kids and representing their countries do your research, learn as much as you can about it, then form an educated opinion. Don't be uneducated and scream about, scream about it on Twitter. The other issue, which I can properly speak on, is the COVID issue. Yeah, and that's, I think, more what the NHL is worried about. Yes. So the NHL, I don't think is thinking about the political side of it <laughs> i don't think the nhl do they ever do they no. literally ever no no the covid issue is we don't control the virus that is we yeah we don't control covid i wish we did because i would have edited a long time ago <laughs> but we do not control covid 19 you know i think thanks for thanks for educating me Sorry, Willie Styles is. Willie, I was like, no. I do watch it while I try and talk, and then I didn't. Yeah, it just. Uh, William Nylander is somewhat of a god, if that you was didn't like know. Ultimaris that passed. Yeah, that was a very good. Honestly. They did that. I feel like that was definitely an accident, and it still happened. Both, so. I think both Riley and Tavares were both accidents. <laughs> yeah, no, good those were all analysis ac- for you right now. <laughs> That's amazing hockey analysis from us. Alrighty, back to the political COVID discussion. Anyways, after a live reaction of the game, COVID is just it. We don't know where it's going to be February when the Olympics are. We don't know what the situation is going to be. Everyone, I think, pretty much wants to be there. But it's just stuff you cannot control. Um, And the safety of our athletes and the staff um, that are going with them is what's most important. We know at the Summer Olympics, staff weren't allowed to go. So it was literally just like teams and like their equipment managers and coaches and stuff like that. But like it also varied. And I, okay, this is like going off topic from hockey just a little bit, but I think I'm going to mention it because. It, it's valid in the going to the Olympics as a country as a whole conversation the, there's a lot of athletes who aren't uh, weren't allowed at the Summer Olympics to like for example like in tennis the tennis players at the Summer Olympics were treated so unfairly a lot of them didn't go because, because they, they, they wouldn't be allowed to have their like racket stringer or like yeah random like staff members so they were like yeah no. and it's it wasn't like part of like tour points so they're like why would I go yeah exactly Ooh, the boys are fighting. Um, but there's just, it's just like, there's random members of your staff, personal staff you're not allowed to have, even with, uh, <laughs> what is happening in this fight? If, you, if y'all have seen the first fight of the loose game on Twitter or Instagram by the time this comes out, I do not understand what's happening <laughs> right now. If it's distracting, we can turn it off. <laughs> no, it's okay. But I think all in all being said, this is a very important decision and we're going to keep watching very closely as to what um what needs to happen and what's going to happen uh so following um when the pittsburgh penguins beat the toronto maple leafs uh sydney crosby said everyone feels pretty strongly they like to be there but i try not think too far ahead some of that stuff you can't control i'm preparing like we're going it's the best way to look at it and i think that is the best way to look at it being an olympian is stuff you dream about since you're a kid as growing up as an athlete i can confirm to you that everyone sitting on this couch right now thought about like going to the olympics as a kid 
we all wanted to go and some people do get that privilege throwback to our sports are a privilege not a right conversation (laughs) anyways but some people get that privilege and they deserve to be there and I think we're in a situation where there's a lot of athletes on team Canada that will not get to be there at the next one so it's just honestly form your opinions see what you think at the end of the day we don't control COVID we don't know what's going on and that's just that's just what the facts of the matter are that COVID is a situation we can't control and we're going to have to see where we are four months from now or like it's three months now yeah like where we we're not going to know where COVID is in three months we didn't know where it was going to be now three months ago and I think that's important to remember but 46 days until the NHL can decide without financial penalty and if we know anything about the Olympic I mean about the NHL it's that they don't like wasting a pretty penny on anything Uh, (laughs) but yeah with that i'm gonna move to the last topic of conversation (laughs) michaela grashi would you like to tell our uh, valuable listeners as to what we're about to talk about i mean if you've been following the nhl you uh have a good idea about we're who we're about to talk about (laughs) one uh, team in particular um they are in western canada (laughs) particularly the province of british columbia Vancouver fucks. I mean, sorry, Canucks. (laughs) Uh, The Vancouver Canucks are really bad right now. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that. So, basically, the Vancouver Canucks, they were just, like, struggling to end off the last season. It was, like, COVID hit that team hard. And we saw there was other teams that COVID hit very hard. But what I mean to say is this team... And we've talked about this in previous episodes of Ballbusters. If you go back to season one, this team had no business even almost like I would even go as far to say like finishing off the season because by the time they were like finished, they were not even hyperventilating. They were on the fucking ventilator. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Like I, this team struggled to finish the season last time and here we are at again like we knew this was gonna happen but when it's actually happening they haven't you know gotten back to where they were pre-covid and i just I, you know let well, i mean you let the stats talk for themselves so they are in the last 20 games they are 6 12 and 2 and that's actually worse than their pandemic season yeah yeah because pandemic season they were they weren't i feel like they weren't that bad before the covid thing and then it just kind of like it went downhill after covid and i mean understandable yeah 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 of course like you your entire team got covid there was an outbreak that the toll not only did that take on you physically because we and i think this isn't a wild expectation is we even almost two years into the pandemic do not know the full effects that covid leaves on the individual there's young people who have died from covid there's old people who have died there's people who've recovered people who had no symptoms this virus does like as we were talking about before it's so unpredictable and two years into it we all know that so we don't know what permanent effects it's left on the players on this team or even the mental effects like that's a very serious thing the entire team had covid and so finishing off the season 
and then starting the next one. They had nearly no preseason, I would say. Like, I don't think they really had a preseason. This year? This year. Did they not? Mm Mm-mm. They didn't. Oh. And, like, that means no new players got, like, mixed into the team, the free, free agents. And, basically, they, in the last month, I saw this on Sportsnet, which I'm looking at right now, but I also went through their schedule myself and looked at it. They have had an abhorrent amount of road trips in the last month. A bunch of back-to-backs. See, that's a problem with them, though, too. Like, they ha- they have a shitty schedule. Yeah. Because, they and they always do, because, like, other than Seattle, they don't got anybody close to them. Like, really, in- so, until this year, they had nobody really that close to them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I guess Edmonton and Calgary were the closest. Mm-hmm. I'm not that good at geography. But, like, they're always on road trips. Unless they're playing at home. Like, the Leafs go to Buffalo. It's not that bad. They go yeah. to Ottawa. It's not that bad. Montreal's really not that far. New York, even, really isn't that far. That's a lot of teams in Detroit, in a small area. Mm-hmm. Vancouver's got nobody. Now they have Seattle, but really. Yeah. And we we saw during the summer how, like, the situation with their free agents went on. We knew that mm-hmm. all those guys wanted short-term contracts, and with the situation in Vancouver, I would not fight them on that. <laughs> I would not want to be in Vancouver for eight years either. Um, also, like, the cap situation in Vancouver is not great. at one point, you would want to be in Vancouver for, like... I would say pre-COVID Van- Vancouver... Like, I would be fine to stay. I, I, but I don't even like. I don't even think you can chalk this season up to COVID. Like I don't. even Oh, think... what I mean, what I mean is not. This isn't COVID season. I mean the team they were pre-COVID. I don't think that their faults right now are just because no, of COVID. No, I know, and I mean like maybe you can put a little bit on that, and like there might still be effects on players. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I think there's a way deeper issue here, and I think you're not like you're not trading any of the big guys. Yeah, you're not. I think as much as you don't want to. It's time to get rid of Travis Green. Mm-hmm. It's time to get rid of Jim Benning mm-hmm. and just figure out everything out. Yeah, because this is not changing. Like they're getting to the point where like you have to you have to change something. Do you remember when Travis Green was asked if like he cared about the situation where um, Wayne Simmons punched? Who was it? I don't know. Oh, uh, I don't remember. Anyways, I know, I know. Wayne Simmons like punched a uh, like uh, one of the players on the uh, Canucks and like. I think he got injured, whatever. Travis uh, Green was asked about it in a presser and goes, like, if he minds. Wasn't it Edler? Yeah, because I think he, it was Edler. he, like, stuck his knee out on Hyman. Yeah. Wasn't it all because of that? Yeah, I think that's what it was. And fucking Green goes, no, I didn't mind. There was no retaliation the next game. Nothing. I was, like, sick. This is how you know this guy needs to go. Like, it's just one of those, even if you didn't want to say, yes, I gave a fuck, like, just be like, oh, you know, it you're you're in the business of hockey if we know anything it's that these players and coaches know how to talk around something Mm -hmm. and turn it into like a fucking conversation about how the chemistry on the ice was great like yeah and right now like nothing is going right in vancouver like yeah i i know maybe it's not it's probably not all travis green i'm not gonna say that firing him is gonna fix every issue and firing Jim Benning is not going to fix every issue, but, but it'll fix something. But it'll fix something. You have to start you have somewhere. To something, cause like, you have to make a move. You at, have to. At some point, it's a question of, like, something's got to give. Mm-hmm. And at this point, like, you've given everything else. Like, you 
tried bringing in other bodies you re-signed your stars you like are basically going through a rebuild like the only thing left to try is getting rid of the guys in the suits that like don't actually go on the ice and do the thing and so often you see with professional teams like they just need a fresh voice and they need they need something new and I think with Vancouver like I don't think Travis Green is getting through to them I don't think the front office really knows what they're doing. And I mean, you've seen, they've had incidents at practice where you have guys yelling out on the ice, like, we don't know what we're doing mm-hmm. when a coach is trying to explain a drill. And like, that's like, I've coached, I've coached children and we don't have that issue. Like with pro athletes, it's kind of a red flag. And I think sometimes you just need like a little kick in the ass, <laughs> like for lack of a better term. And I think you know bringing in a new coach can really do that i i it's a really weird situation because they shouldn't be this bad no and that's what makes it concerning they spent no business being this horrible jim benning tends to spend a little bit too much money on free agency day like let's be honest with like it's not black friday with (laughs) sometimes he thinks it is like not even with like his rfas like hughes and patterson were getting those deals i don't really have issues with those but like it's the ufas that you brought in yeah like buddy what is happening like what is going on and i get it they have a hard schedule i get it but like this never was really an issue before so you need to change something i don't care what it is make a change or your fans are gonna be pissed i don't know if um ownership has some type of say in this um i mean they because especially technically as a say in everything given that they sign because Van- I mean Vancouver's ownership specifically, because we all know um, the Aquilinis are are very hands on. They they always know what's going on. They are not like 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 they are hands on. So that obviously is a thing. But they need to make a change, or like it's not going to be good. It's already not good. Like uh, I don't. It's it's going from bad to worse every day, and it's no, there's no end in sight here. Until you fire somebody or make a trade to actually... I don't even think a trade would do anything at this point, though. Like, I think you need fresh voices, like Casey said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's just... It's a messy situation in the sense of, like, doing one thing is not going to change everything. But like Casey and Kayla said, like... But doing nothing changes nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Doing nothing changes nothing. Wow, those are good catch, good catch. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, you need to do something. And currently, they're doing not a zilch zero, and that's gonna change. But will it? Mm, probably not. Anyways, that's all for hockey this week. Now I'm gonna throw it to Casey Dobson. For football, because something's actually happening in the NHL, allegedly. In the NHL. Oh, sorry, in the NFL. That was, okay. We're gonna, all right, moving on. All right, yes, um, we're gonna talk about some award predictions. We're heading into what I guess would be like the three-quarter mark of the season. I don't know, bro, with like 17, 17 weeks, that that's not a number that divides easily. Because it's a prime number, <laughs> duh. Sorry, media math for a sec. Um, so yeah, let's do some award predictions and then we'll get into everyone's favorite segment of picking the games. So 
Um, I have my NFL analyst hat on, which is ironic given that I looked at what NFL analysts were picking, and I don't really agree with many of them. But starting with league MVP, my prediction, Kyler Murray. And here's why. Everyone's going to be like, Tom Brady, he's amazing. Okay, yeah, cool. Brady's great. But if you think about it, the MVP award, most valuable player, should be going to a player where you take him out and the team is nowhere near where they are now. And the fact of the matter is, Tom Brady has been running a freaking MLM pyramid scheme thing in Tampa Bay, (laughs) meaning there is talent up and down that lineup. So I don't necessarily believe that taking him out of the equation would mean that the Bucks are, you know, going to be the worst team in the league. However, the Arizona Cardinals, who do they have in their receiver core? Zilch. Nobody. No. There's been a rotating cast of characters because every week someone is hurt. Someone has COVID. Someone like AJ Green is there and then he's not. And it's just nothing is consistent there. And yet you have this team at nine and two. Sure, I know one of those wins wasn't Kyler Murray. One of those wins was Colt McCoy, which we'll touch on later when we get to coach of the year. But Kyler Murray has a team that arguably has no business being top of the league at the top of the league. And not to mention he's like pocket sized. Like he's so cute and little. And he's so good. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I think at this point the conversation comes down to Murray, Stafford, and Brady. And my argument for giving it to Murray over the other two is just he's not insulated with as much talent as the other guys are. So you take him out and that team is nowhere near what they actually are, which again kind of the whole fucking point of mvp but like go off i guess nfl.com because mvp is most valuable player to their team i'm gonna agree kyler murray i mean i definitely don't think tom brady um i just the bucks aren't bad <laughs> like yeah i, I think kyler murray is the obvious Super Bowl team. like yeah and even, like, I know people have made a case for Josh Allen. I don't really no. think Josh Allen should either. No, because, again, the talent on that team is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, Kyler Murray. I agree. Amazing. Uh, we're going to stick with Arizona for this next one. Coach of the year. And my analysis for this is going to be very simple. Okay, are you ready? Cliff Kingsbury. Why? Because he's winning games with some dude named Colt McCoy under center. That's it. Um, I don't really think any of the coaches have been like that outstanding this year anyway. So if it has to go to somebody, yeah, Kingsbury. Yeah. I think the conversation right now is Kingsbury and we're, we're, we have to throw some love to old Billy Bill out in New England. Cause I'm sorry. The fact that this team is currently leading the AFC East after the god-awful CFL-level product they put on the field last year is a miracle, and you can't tell me it's because they acquired a wealth of talent when, you know, their leading receiver is someone named Jacoby Myers who only scored his first NFL receiving touchdown, like, three weeks ago. So, look for Belichick in that conversation. I don't think he'll get it because I think, you know, the Patriots aren't gonna finish as, like, with an outstanding of a record as Arizona has right now. But in the long run, I would I would keep Bill in that conversation um, and not just because I love him. All right. 
Offensive player of the year. I don't really think this is close. No. Um, he's on my fantasy team, which I'm so freaking happy about every week. Cooper Cup. Some blonde, scrawny white guy in the wide receiver slot. Um, I don't remember the last time there was a player that wasn't a quarterback that was this dominant as his at his position across the league. Especially when, like, right now, I would say, like, what I'm seeing most is the Rams going to the Super Bowl. Like, I, I'm seeing that everywhere. Um, there's obviously a couple other teams that you could throw in there, but... Like, he would be such a huge reason of that if they do go to the Super Bowl. Like, massive part of their team. Cooper Cup should get this, for sure. And as of right now, through their, like, 11 games, I think, Cooper Cup is on pace for 1,900 yards and 19 touchdowns. That's otherworldly. He's on pace to shatter fantasy records which again thank you i love you please keep doing that and i don't want to call this you know like his breakout season because we all knew how good he was but it's like playing with matthew stafford you know a competent qb has unlocked like the next level of cups game and it's been incredible to watch i don't think there's a player on the offensive side of the ball that is as electric as cooper cup has been this season and i would even include quarterbacks in that conversation like Cup week after week is a, you know, a pillar on the offensive stat sheet across the league. And I think that's really like the barometer that we have to be looking at when we're deciding who's getting this award. All right, next. Defensive player of the year. I'm going to let Mick start this one off. If this award doesn't go to Trayvon Diggs, I might actually riot. He literally has an interception like every game this man should win defensive player of the year i'm sorry miles garrett you know it's trayvon diggs's award just rename it the trayvon diggs award at this point the fact is trayvon diggs will most likely finish this season with more picks than most receivers will catches and if that doesn't tell you that he has to be defensive player of the year then i don't know what will the second-year player has eight picks and 28 solo tackles already this season, and he's not slowing down anytime soon. And sure, Miles Garrett has like some pretty stat line, whatever. No one cares. Trayvon Diggs is the epitome of a defensive player. I get Miles Garrett, what he does at the line is genuinely impressive. Some of those cuts like looks like you're playing it in fast forward. But Trayvon Diggs, because of his position in the secondary, is able to contribute on, like, every aspect of the defense as opposed to just on the line, which is what I think, like, no matter what Garrett's stat line comes down to, if their stat line is as impressive, I think that's going to be what pushes Trayvon Diggs over the edge, even if right now Garrett is, you know, running away also, with the boat. I think we forget. Trayvon Diggs is very young. Like, I forgot how young he was. He's only 23. He... Yeah awesome i love trayvon diggs makes my little cowboy's heart happy but yes trayvon diggs for defensive player of the year please and thank you i'll agree with that all right offensive rookie of the year my boy mac jones i don't okay yeah everyone's like jamar chase yeah no no sorry no um mac jones on the attackery yes 
Uh, Mac Jones has more wins than the rest of the rookie QBs combined this season. And it's not like there were only two other rookie quarterbacks. Like, there's five of these guys. And uh, plot twist, none of them are looking so hot, except the white dude with a dad bod out in New England, which is apparently, you know, Belichick's favorite. So the other thing that makes what he's doing so impressive and why I really think, like, it's going to push him over the edge with Chase is that he's doing it without being insulated with insane amounts of talent. Like I said before, when speaking about how Belichick could be a contender for coach of the year, there isn't a star on this offense. There isn't really a star or stud on this team. And Mac Jones is still doing what he does. Whereas like you look at Jamar Chase, he has Joe Burrow throwing on the ball. And yes, I get Burrow's coming off an injury, but Joe Burrow is still Joe Burrow. And he still has like an insane amount of talent to make Jamar Chase look good. Whereas Mac Jones is like, was handed basically the rest of the league scraps and was like, yeah, make these guys look competent. And he does it week after week. The other thing that's really encouraging with him is he gets better every single game. There's a reason the Patriots started one and four and are now seven and four. That's what you want with a rookie though. Like that's what you expect. You expect them to have growing pains, but by week five, week six, like it's you show up or you're done like yeah you the first couple weeks you have an excuse but like once you've played a good handful of games like now you're in the rhythm now you know i mean obviously you're still young you're still a rookie but like you should be playing better at this point even if it's not your number one best play you could be at you should be playing better yes that um so yeah mac jones offensive rookie of the year book it make it happen tom brady 2.0 um maybe all right we're gonna go back to mix cowboys for this one uh i'll I'll hand her the mic she's like almost grabbing it out of my hands defensive rookie of the year there's only one name that this should go to his name is micah parsons he's been real good i mean i know people were unsure about this pick originally i can't say that i wasn't one of them i knew micah parsons was good but like in my head I wanted Devontae Smith. I wanted him. He was so good at Alabama. Anyway, Micah Parsons has been solid this year. There's, like, nobody else that you can give it to, though, either. Like, who else can you really make a case for? I can't think of anyone. Like, there's guys that whose name will be in the conversation. Just because they need a, yeah, they need a conversation. So, like, Pat Sertan has, like, looked relatively impressive. Um, a couple other guys that are playing like out in the secondary, but at the end of the day, like this is it's Micah. That's literally the those words were coming out of my mouth at this point. Unless he like totally, unless he injures himself in the next game and doesn't play for the rest of the year, I don't see how. That's Honestly, happen. though, low key, even if he gets hurt, like it's gonna take a lot yeah. to still pat. Like yeah. we're a good chunk into the season now. It's not like he's only played six games. Um. Yeah, I think this is all Micah Parsons. Yeah, and just to build on that, through eight games, um, it'll be more once you guys hear. Oh, no, the Thanksgiving game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But through the eight games that he started and played, uh, he has five sacks, 14 quarterback hits, and 10 tackles for loss, meaning his impact has been instant. Like, there was no growing pains with this kid. Like, you threw him out there. And, and you, you can't take him out of the lineup so much so that they cut Jalen Smith because Michael Parsons was not giving up that starting spot. And Jalen Smith was a stud. Like he was 
one of the crown jewels of that defense and they were like yeah well we don't need you and micah parsons didn't play last year people forget that he didn't have a season so like you would expect him to come in and and maybe have some major growing pains like that would have been normal no i think this guy literally just worked out last year watched football and i think played video games and and he's doing this and he's doing this and he's now probably going to be defensive rookie of the year I'm so excited to see what Micah Parsons does in the next three, four, five years. If this man brings us to a Super Bowl. Watch Jerry Jones trade him. Probably will. Honestly, probably at this point. For like a Devontae Smith at the end of his career who's like real bad at this point. Yeah. Just to like screw with us. Yeah. Sounds like a Jerry thing. All right, I didn't realize like how Cowboys heavy these are predictions we going, are we were. Uh, we're going to come back player of the year. Dakery, Dakota Rain, Rain Dakota. Man broke his leg and <laughs> came back. He broke his leg in week four, I think, last year. And he literally could potentially be in the MVP conversation at this point. Like, he should be comeback player of the year. I know Joe Burrow could be on that list too, but it's Rain Dakota. Yeah. I think, Did like... ever heard that we call him Rain Dakota so often? <laughs> hey, Zach, you want to come on the podcast and, and talk to us your name? Yeah, I, I would love that. But, yeah, no, you, you come back from a gruesome injury, and the fact is, he looks better than he did before he got hurt. Oh, he looks fantastic. Like, he has not missed a beat every single week. He puts this team in a position to win. Yeah, sure, they haven't won every single week, but uh, there's, you know, 22 guys that start on, like, between both sides of the ball them losing games doesn't come down to Dak. He's racked up um, almost 3,000 yards at this point, 22 touchdowns to only seven picks. It, it doesn't make sense that you come back from an injury that bad. And it was the fact that it was multiple injuries. Like there was his leg injury, but then there was also the problem with his shoulder that was an injury so rare in football, they didn't really know what to do with it. Yeah, he went to some baseball doctors to take care of his shoulder and, I mean, you watch him play and you tell me you would bet that he had a shoulder problem, yeah, like, six like weeks pitcher, ago. Yeah, like a pitcher's injury. Yeah. So, yeah, I, we're going we're gonna to make it a hot trick of Cowboys on this list with, with Dakota. And that is fine by me. Mm, yeah. We don't have to talk about two Patriots. We talked about Bill and we talked about Mac. <laughs> we talked about Bill. We talked about Billiam. All right, so that wraps up our award predictions. Super quick, we're going to touch on something really fun that kind of blew up on Twitter uh, <laughs> before we get into picks. Has anyone heard of COVID? COVID toe. <laughs> Google what COVID toe actually is. What so the we can... fuck is a COVID? So I'm at work today and I get the sleeper I... fantasy football notification. COVID toe. Oh, I remember <laughs> I get the notification that Aaron Rodgers will play despite his injury. And when they give you those notifications, they put in bracket what the injury is. And they literally wrote COVID. I had to read it twice. I was like, no, no way. This is not happening right now. Can I read what COVID toe is? So these are the symptoms of COVID toe. The skin on one one or more of your toes and fingers may swell up and look bright red and then gradually turn purple. Skin... Skin of color can look swollen and purple and brownish purple spots may appear. <laughs> so your toe looks like it's going to fall off, basically. Why are we laughing? 
Lots of people don't feel anything and they only notice these changes when they start looking at their fingers or toes. You may also have blisters, itching, and pain. Raised bumps or areas of rough skin. Like, I feel like, I feel like athletes already have those. Like, <laughs> maybe I'm, like, I feel like you would already have areas of rough skin if you are an athlete. And potentially itching and pain. I don't know. Blisters, maybe? Who gets COVID toes? Aaron Rodgers. Apparently not, though. The condition can show up at any age, but you may be more likely to if you're a child, teen, or young adult. Well, he's not any of those, so. Um, young patients with COVID toes seem healthy, but it's just, it's a symptom of the virus. Are COVID toes contagious? Um, so you end up in, like, toe-fiving people? <laughs> like, but if you don't have COVID, I don't think you can get COVID toe. But then some, yeah, he's not. Some scientists think that there's actually no connection between coronavirus and the skin problem. So, I don't know. But that's COVID toe, and Aaron Rodgers showed us his toe. It was not purple. It was not red. It was just a big toe. Yeah, shout out to Aaron Rodgers for getting his feet on our screen all week. Um, I'm uncomfy, but... It was the way that he felt the need to show it just to prove that he didn't have COVID. Like, at this point, think about how low your credibility has to be for you to break out your barefoot on camera for people to believe that you don't have COVID toe. Oh, I did not have to look at images. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're I just fucking died. I wish I did. No. <laughs> Turn it off. I can't stop looking. Um, Max. <laughs> Why is it taking so long? Um. I there we go. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this has to be some form of reaction meme already on Twitter. Also, I just pulled up Aaron Rodgers' toe in case anybody was wondering what I actually was doing. Um. Also, I said that uh, there's no way Aaron Rodgers is real before we started recording, <laughs> and I'm convinced that Shailene Woodley plugs him in every night to change his batteries or recharge his batteries. <sighs> okay enough foot talk um i'm uncomfy so let's do some picks for this week um Woo! it's a shorter slate because there were three of those thanksgiving games um starting okay we're gonna start cute little afc north rivalry game pittsburgh cincinnati pittsburgh because the Bengals are rolling <laughs> do a, do you want to play yeah so pittsburgh or cincinnati Wow, amazing. Um, I'll go Cincy. I don't trust Pittsburgh. I mean, I... Okay. <laughs> the Bungles. Um, all right. Carolina Panthers. Miami Dolphins. God, both these teams suck. I know. I know Carolina because they have Cam Newton. So, like, they have someone competent that can, like, run the ball back there. You can't throw it. But... Oh, Jesus. Eagles, Giants. Toilet Bowl. Uh, I'm gonna go Eagles because Jalen Hurts is low key playing out of his mind, and it's really fun to watch. Why did my brain really just go to Giants? Titans, Patriots, New England, all the way. Um, the last time these two teams played, it was Tom Brady's final pass as a Patriot, and it was an interception to a former teammate. Um, and that thing still hurts my heart, especially because there is a Titans fan in our lives. Um, if you don't choose the Patriots, I think you're a bad person. Patriots. <laughs> Imagine Mick turns around and goes, Titans. I think I would kick her. (laughs) 
I would fucking be Greg the Lag and kick her. <laughs> Maybe I'll take your candy also, cane back, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking gave you. I put candy canes all over the tree and all over the stockings today. Thank Don't you, Mom. You see them? I do. And I might take yours back. I might snap it right in front of your face. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right there. Like a little pencil. <laughs> but the point is, you trust me, Trina. Yeah. So why okay. did you kick me? I said I would kick you if you chose Titans, because there's a Titans fan in our lives. All right, moving on to the Battle of the Animals. Falcons, Jaguars. Falcons. Falcons. I'm going to say Falcons, because that's a cooler animal than a Jaguar. Fun fact, this is our second time recording this pick, and Dua said Jaguars last time because she saw, about three minutes ago, the Jaguars <laughs> were the cooler animal. <laughs> um, so. I know, I know a Jaguar is a cooler animal Jaguar? Than I mean, I'm scared of birds, so, like, I'm I'll go with you on that one. <laughs> Buccaneers no, Colts. The, the NFL really said, name your team's the most random animals ever challenged. Buccaneers Colts. Books. 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 <laughs> Which Mick now knows is a pirate. Uh, Jets, Texans, Toilet Bowl 2.0. Jets. Jets. I'm saying Texans because Tyrod Taylor versus Joe Flacco. We, yeah. Y'all need to realize, like, our recording cut off again, and this is the second time we're saying all of these. <laughs> Chargers, Broncos, Chargers. 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 Go, Herbie, go. Vikings, 49ers. 49ers. 49ers, Alex Scott at the EDC, that's for you. It's the second time I'm making that joke again. <laughs> uh, 49ers, because Minnesota's inconsistent. This is going to be probably the game of the week. L.A. Rams, Green Bay Packers. I'm going Rams because they've been kind of, like, sliding recently. Packers because COVID, co- COVID, COVID, co- COVID, co- COVID is going to want to really, because uh, I wanted to say COVID, but then I said COVID. Co- okay. Whatever. <laughs> COVID is really going to want to make an impact this week. Prove everybody wrong. Um, I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers is delusional, so I'm going to go uh, – Rams this time. I did say Packers last time, but anyways, moving on. Uh, Browns, Ravens. Browns, because fuck Ravens. the Ravens. Browns. Because I think we're at the point in the Baker Mayfield cycle where he's actually supposed to play well. I think <laughs> we're getting there. I think that's what this week is. Uh, and then finally, Monday Nighter, Seattle, Washington. Seattle. Seattle. Washington is not good. Yeah, but to be fair, Seattle's been not good recently, but I feel like Washington is more not good, so I'm going to say Seattle. Uh, And with that, that wraps up football. So I'm going to hand it over to Michaela for overtime. Alrighty, so it's overtime. Let's talk about the rivalry series for a hot minute. Canada won the first two games. USA won the second two games. If you don't know what this is, it's actually the women's hockey series. Exhibition series doesn't actually count for anything. But it's filling buildings, and it's great hockey, so watch it. Anyway, the rosters should be set for the Olympics by Christmas or so. Tom Rennie, who is the Hockey Canada president, said that Canada should have theirs set by mid-December. Which, like, is literally in two weeks. I'm excited to see who makes this team. You should be too. So, Hockey Canada, that team, is currently playing at the Capital City Challenge against U17, Team Canada Red, White, and Black. That's going on this weekend. So, Canada, obviously, the women's team is going to have their team set in the next couple weeks. 
the men's there's no really timeline for that but they have to decide by january 10th aka casey's birthday yeah. <laughs> um like dua said there's obviously a chance that the nhlers drop out or canada and the usa don't go we're gonna pretend and we're gonna make it seem like they are going because right now they are going <laughs> anyway moving on in women's hockey the Toronto Six, congratulations to them. They won their first ever game in Toronto. Woo! Uh, they won 5-1 over the Connecticut Whale. Um, and then they won again. So, good for them. They, they're a strong team. They'll probably do some damage to this season in the PHF, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Staying in the women's sports, um... This is not not the best topic to talk about. Um, This is going to be a little bit on the heavier side. So we're going to talk about Rory Dames, um, a former NWSL coach. He had been with the Chicago Red Stars for 11 years, like literally since the NWSL started. Um, And just 48 hours after their loss to Washington for the NWSL championship, he resigned or stepped down. It was very weird. And there was initially no reason for his resignation, but then players, including U.S. national team star Kristen Press, reported or came out and said that she had reported Dames to the U.S. Soccer Federation in 2018. She said, in a formal complaint, I think Rory emotionally abuses players. He doesn't have a safe distance between himself and his players. He uses his power and status as a coach to manipulate players and get close to them. So then Chicago came out and said... uh, in conjunction with our players, the Chicago Red Stars several weeks ago initiated an independent review of player health and safety and the team's culture and work environment. We intend to implement any recommendations in that review that will strengthen our ability to empower our players to ensure that everyone's voice is heard and to foster an environment of continual growth. Um, that's good, but like actually do it. Make sure that actually happens. Those recommendations actually need to be followed. Because the NWSL has had a huge problem with misconduct from coaches and it is such a systemic issue right now like this is not a one-off and we've talked about this before we talked about this literally like what a month ago with paul riley every and lisa baird resigned and all that and like there's more and it makes me wonder like what else is there under the surface that we don't know about um dames would be the fifth male coach ousted for alleged misconduct i think this season so it's like like, that is an astronomically high number. Concerning. Like, there's there's no there's no excuse for that. Like, it's, there's nothing else to say. No. Um, so, the NWSL really needs to look within themselves and make some changes. Um, starting with policy and reporting. And when somebody reports something, take it seriously the first time. Don't wait 10 years. Don't wait 5 years. Don't wait 2 years. Like, just take it seriously and look into it. Because people aren't reporting things for no reason. They're busy people. They don't got time for that. Like, legitimately, though, like, why are you... You're not going to waste the time to report something that didn't happen. You have to convince a lot of the times people to actually report it when it does happen. So, like, take things seriously. And I hope that this, the end of this season, the NWSL really looks at itself going into next season and in conjunction with their players figures out what they need to do to make the league a safer place. Alrighty, and then the last topic I just did want to mention. Um, so last last episode we talked about the uh, PSG incident with um, Kira Hamreo and 
I mean, not to Diallo. Um, Diallo was released from police custody without charge and has resumed practicing with PSG. So obviously there was nothing there. And I hope that she's able to get back on the field and put this behind her because she was obviously taken in when she there was no findings that she did anything. Um, investigations are underway and I hope that they do obviously figure out what happened and why those two women were put in that situation. And like, I mean, they both were went through that attack whether they were physically assaulted or not, they were both there. Um, and nobody should have to go through that, no matter what the circumstance is. Um, so hopefully they can figure out exactly what happened and, and kind of end this whole saga. It's not fair to anybody involved. No. Like, at this point, you just want the answers. You want the truth. Like, who who did this? Yep. And why? And why were they so quick to, like, assume it was Diallo? Exactly. Kind of thing. Like, why would i know she was obviously there but she was pulled out too like why was she taken into police custody right away yeah. and not like it's, it's a very weird situation unfortunately and i don't think it's it's going to be easy to find answers obviously it's been a couple weeks now and then they're still looking so hopefully they can figure that out it's giving they're looking for someone to blame it's yeah i, I don't know i don't know yeah like it was like that was like the first person they saw and yeah and said let's I mean, blame her yeah like i feel like it's it's valid to be suspicious because obviously like she came out of the situation unharmed yeah but but don't go to her as your first why was no 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 no. i think the question is we haven't heard any other suspects we haven't heard about them looking into the man whatever i think they're the first thing first person you went to and not anyone else i did read something about an alleged um ex-partner um where there was an affair that is i don't i don't need to get into into their personal lives i really been, like, yeah again if you knew that like why wasn't that why wasn't that looked into deeper maybe it was and we just obviously aren't in the french police system but any like how dare we how dare we not be fr- french police officers but it's just like there was obviously other avenues you could have taken why was that your first yeah when she was part like she was also pulled out of the car like it's just a really not good situation for everybody and let's just hope it can go behind them they can both go on and play soccer and have a great time and they're like they're friends like they have the same agent it's just yeah it's overall not a great situation and here's to hoping it gets better i think that's i think that's kind of the theme for for the soccer that we talked about here's to hoping it gets better yeah that will be it for overtime today let me think yeah All right, that brings us to the end of episode 10. We are going to put a lightning edit on this. Uh, I'm about to work overtime to get this done. Yeah, to be fair, if it wasn't for technology, it would have been a faster edit. But here we are. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We will see you next week. Until then. Bye! Bye! That was right in my mouth. Like, literally, I was eating the mic.